Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers postgame show. I'm joined as always, well, I guess not as always, but most of the time this season by my co-host Lance Williams, who normally joins me on the flagship podcast, The Standard is a Standard, and we're here to talk about the Steelers' week three win. Wait, what was that? A win? Yes, they actually won a football game. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football 30-27, to but don't worry, Steelers fans. In the world of website editing and website numbers, you can't ask for much more than this. They did enough to win, but plenty to complain about. That means that traffic <laughs> will be good this week, folks. Let me introduce Lance Williams into the show. Lance, what's going on, man? What do you think? What a crazy game that was. Yeah, I think you described it right. They got to win, but there's enough to complain about. There's There's so much meat on the bone. You know, this is a very interesting football team. And looking at their defense, this is not going to be the type of season that your granddad, your great uncle, or your friend or your cousin from around the corner is used to. This isn't Steeler football. This is a ton of passing and bad defense. And uh, you better get your heart medication because uh, <laughs> you're going to have palpitations this this season. Because uh, man, man the great win, but this team is flawed in, in several areas on the defensive side of football, and, and there are some warts on the offensive side of football as well. Well, I'll tell you this: the Steelers offense, and this is not where I want to start. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. This is a, a Steelers offense that put up 30 points in the first half. Did not score again. I don't think it should be noted that they played without the entire right side of their offensive line. B.J. Finney was at right guard, um, and then Matt Filer played at right tackle, and they were getting abused a lot. I, there were times I thought Roethlisberger was going to be killed when he dropped back to pass. Yet, nonetheless, um, they do just enough to win. I want to start here, and it's horrible that I'm starting here, but I'm going to do it anyways. I don't care. Chris Boswell, man. What the... You know what I'm about to say. What is going on with this guy? He goes from a pro bowler last year who missed, I think, three kicks the entire season, and he's already missed two extra points, I believe, and three field goals, and we're only in through three weeks of the regular season. Now, in the postgame press conference, Mike Tomlin was asked about Boswell, and he's, he's our kicker. He's a good kicker. He's just got to start putting it through the uprights. Look, Lance, I know that you're a golfer. I'm a golfer. This guy looks like a person that gets on the tee, has the driver in his hand, and has no effing clue where the ball is going to go when he makes contact with it. And it's the same thing with him. And you can see it's it's a mental thing, but it's also, I don't know if it's a physical thing. That field looked like garbage because they had some heavy rains earlier in the day. I, from what I heard, read, it, read, heard, whatever, I wasn't there, obviously. Um they're leaving points on the field with these missed field goals. He misses an extra point and he misses a uh, a field goal. That's four points, and that that's that's the difference between a field goal and a touchdown at the end of the game. Totally different scenario. Uh, anything you want to say about that? Well, the facts are this: if they cut him, they are going it's going to cost him four point eight million dollars in dead money. Yeah. So they can't cut him. He's their guy. And if Tomlin definitely said that in a press conference, that's the attitude that you have to take because he's your guy. You can't get rid of him because you just signed him. You're not going to take the dead money charge on your cap, and you still got to find another guy. 
He just has to get right. So you have to trust that he's your guy. You have to trust that he's the guy that kicked for you last year. He's the guy that you found. Off he will get away right. Right now, get it that he fit. He's that guy. So I trust what you saw and what is a bend and break defense. Because it's a bend and break defense, they need every single point that they can get. They can't leave any points on the field. So you can't miss field goals. You can't miss extra points. They've got to make everything. But Boswell has got to get it right. He's got to get it corrected because they can't move on from him because of the contract. So I'm sure uh, he will correct it. He can't be any worse than he is now. But right now, it is a problem. It's a very big problem, and I don't think it's as big as some people believe, but it, to me it is. Now, I don't want to be all negative Nancy here. I want to talk about the positives first because there were some noteworthy performances in this game. A couple of note, obviously Ben Roethlisberger finishes the game with 30 for 38, uh, 353 yards. It's the first time in his career he's ever thrown for 300 yards in each of his three games to start the season. He had three touchdowns, one interception, was sacked three times, for a 120.7 rating. Thought it was pretty solid outing by Roethlisberger, all told. The interception was bad, but it was also a great defensive play. James Conner's stats are, are very mundane, but, man, they got the yards they needed when they needed them in the fourth quarter. Final drive, you need just a first down. He gets them more than that. 15 carries for 61 yards, but it was about when they got those rushes. I'll tell you what. I, I'm a Jersey guy. I only have I only have Ben Roethlisberger jerseys, but I always love talking to people about what jersey to get. If if I'm a, if I'm looking for a jersey right now, a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey, I'm looking at a number 19. Juju Smith-Schuster is turning into an absolute monster, and I know that a lot of that is attributed to Antonio Brown's success and the fact that he's drawing double coverage every time. But Juju Smith-Schuster finishes the game with nine receptions on 11 targets, 116 yards receiving. 43-yard long, 12.9 average. That was a tremendous game from him. Vance McDonald, with the stiff arm of the century, folks. Oh, he yes. Didn't just, he didn't just knock Chris Connie on his rear end. He knocked him out of the game with a, I'm using air quotes if you're listening on podcasts, with a knee injury. I guess the knee in, knee of Chris Conti is located near his soul, which was sent about <laughs> six feet under the ground. So Van McDonald, after that 75-yard catch and run, touchdown, he finished with four receptions, 112 yards on five targets. Thought he had a great game. And I'll tell you what, James Washington, he only had two catches for 25 yards, but both were third-down conversions. Both were difficult catches. He made those tremendous game defensively. Um, I'm looking at the stats here. The Steelers finished with three sacks. Um... 13 they had a lot of pressure they just couldn't finish the second half due no. to the fact that they were on the field a lot but they had a lot of pressure in this game they just had to they need to finish a little bit better I absolutely think. third 13 quarterback hits 10 passes defense that's pretty good better than last week at least and they did score a touchdown with bud dupree's pick six um I thought that Sean Davis didn't play a bad game. Uh, he came up and made some nice plays and run support on a few occasions, uh, but getting better in space and center field. I'm not sure what they're doing with Cody Sensible and Artie Burns. They seem to be flopping these guys around. And, hey, hey Lance, I'll throw this to you now so you can chime in. 
Have you seen where TJ Watt went? Because I haven't seen the guy since week one. Uh, been very disappointed in his production as of late. Um, I mean, he's getting flexed out a lot. I mean, he's getting flexed out in coverage. He's having to do some different things more than just rush the passer. Uh, I wouldn't worry about him. His motor is still high. I think he's an athletic player. I, I think he will have his ups and his downs. He's a young player, but I wouldn't worry about him. I mean, I think what we should be happy about as Steeler fans is Dud Dupree showed up. He took the D off his name, put a B on his name, and made it Bud Dupree. I think the defense played really solid football. Um, I don't think it's an A game by any means. But, I mean, this is a defense that got ripped up the week before. They went out on the road, got multiple sacks, multiple turnovers, and scored. There's not much more you can ask for your defense to give you and got a critical stop in the fourth quarter. And that's why football is a beautiful game because – both sides of the ball have to support each other. In the second half, it was critical on the offense to keep the football and to give that defense some rest and possibly score some more points to really put this game out of hand. Oh, I think we're going to lost Lance there for a little bit. Bad connection. So anyways, if you're if you're on YouTube right now, if you're watching with us but live... Much better. Oh, oh, now we're back and forth. Hold on, let me take care of this quickly we'll get, make sure we get lance good um and you know we'll see if uh lance you there are we good now uh, we kind of lost here for a second i think so Okay, so go ahead and what you were saying. I mean, it's just it, I mean, this is a bend and break defense. I mean, I, I mean that's what it is. They have some significant issues on the back end. Um, I think when Joe Hayden is there, I, I think you see the secondary play better. But this defense is going to have to be supported by its offense. They're going to have to, I think, call the game a little bit different. I love the way you know they're scoring thirty points a game, but man, they're giving up close to thirty as well. So I think they're going to have to call this game, call the games a little bit different. I think they're going to have to slow it down just a little to support this defense, to keep this defense off the field. The 30 is great. It's just how you get it. You know, the 41 pass attempts, you know, although Ben was 30 for 38, 353, 120 passer rating, played a very good game. I think the running game has to get going a little bit better. A little bit more. I mean, they only had 18 rushing attempts from running backs. I mean, it has to be better. Connor showed up, um, you know, in that fourth quarter with some big runs. But they've got to be able to run the ball a little bit better. They have to use some clock. They need to slow the game down just a touch and execute really well in, in the red zone. But the one thing, Jeff, I think that was big about this game is Ben Roethlisberger has not played well on the road consistently for quite some time. And hopefully – Maybe this game gets him out of that road Ben Roethlisberger funk because Ben was outstanding in this game, made some critical plays. That play in the fourth quarter to convert that third down was absolutely first ballot Hall of Fame-esque. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe Ben got out of that funk. And so a lot of positives. They get the win. But this is definitely a hashtag win and correct game. And I wrote on Twitter, 
down goes Conti. Down <laughs> goes Conti. Because that was a knockout and for you young bucks out there. If you've never heard that famous call, down goes Frazier. Yes. By the, the, by the legend. Ali. Yes, absolutely. So where do the Steelers go from here? That's a lot of people's questions. Well, they go back to Heinz Field, and that's where they're going to play the Baltimore Ravens in week four on Sunday Night Football. So that's back-to-back primetime games. For those of us on the East Coast, that always sucks. It means there's a lot of really late nights like there is tonight for those of us that are staying up. But, hey, for you on the West Coast, Lance, good for you. That means it's a nice, cozy evening for yourself in front of the television. But we're going to break down the Ravens game this upcoming week, both on the standard as a standard as well as the um, the, the preview show that we're doing on Thursdays. But let's dive into these stats a little bit more. I want to look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is the first quarterback on maybe in NFL history that has started the season with three straight 400-yard games. Um, he went 30 for 50. <sighs> the interception really weren't his fault. I Hey, kudos to the Steelers for taking advantage. He should have had more. I thought he was more he was more accident prone, I guess if you want to call it that. In the fur in the last drive when Joe Hayden dropped an interception, Cody Sensabaugh dropped an interception. Um but the one thing other than Fit, Fitzpatrick, which I want to ask you about him in a second, is are you concerned about the secondary? Are you concerned about the defense in general? Is if there's is there one area of the defense that you're like, yeah, oh my gosh, this is really, really bad. The linebackers in coverage and the sense of ball burns bad cornerback combination. They're both bad. They really only have one good corner. Hilton's solid, more of a blitzer than a great coverage guy. Hayden's the only guy they have that they could depend on back there in coverage. Their cornerbacks are trash. So <laughs> if the if if the Le'Veon Bell rumors are true in terms of trying to make a trade. It needs to be for a third rounder or an inside linebacker and or a corner. They need some help back there. Since Bond Burns are, are not playing with confidence, and you can really tell that Artie Burns is not playing with confidence. He looks like a player that's afraid to make mistakes. But I'm looking at the live chat, you know, I, I think the guys that are chiming in are absolutely correct. The Steelers got to clean up the penalties. That has to be to get cleaned up looking forward. They're not going to win football games with the amount of penalties that they're having because they're just not good enough on the defensive end. They are playing with a very, very, very small margin for victory because that defense is just not good enough at the moment. Yeah, speaking of penalties, the Steelers finished with 13 penalties for 155 yards. Those are only accepted penalties, listeners. It could have been worse than that. The and the Tampa Bay Bucks finished with nine for 80 yards. I know there were at least four combined roughing the passer calls. I don't know if it's just Tony Karenny and his team, but 22 accepted penalties in a game. It just kills the momentum of the game. And again, if a penalty is egregious and should be called, I'm all for it, whether regardless. Uh, but at the same time, that Pat roughing the passer call in Roethlisberger, where I think it was JPP just brushed the backside of his helmet. I mean, that's that's absurd. And that's absurd. It slows the game down and it makes everyone question every single call. It's just horrible. Um, look at the possession time was pretty even, although 
I'd love to see that by quarter because I'm, I don't have that that statistic in front of me. Uh, because I I think Ben Roethlisberger after the game said that he felt that they only had the ball three times in the second half. I don't think that's true. Correct. Is Correct. it only three was, only three times? It was four drives because they got okay. the ball. The first time they got the ball was with seven minutes left on the clock in the third quarter. So they had it four times. So the last drive was the end of the game. So they got it at 7.07. Um, and then the next drive, I think, was in the fourth quarter uh, with 11 minutes left on the clock, then at 5.43. So they only had it three times, really. And when they got it that last time on that fourth drive, that's when they – Yeah, and – Oh, you're, you're breaking up again a little bit, Lance. That's 16. So they ran fucking ass. That's 30 snaps in the second half. Plus 12, 28 plays. So, yeah, they didn't have the ball. Yeah. You know, they on the second half. So it was weird. The flow of the game was really changed because let me, let me just give you this stat, Jeff, as we're both looking at the game book. Uh, when you look at Tampa Bay and their drives in the second half, they had a 14-play drive, 12-play drive, 9-play drive, back-to-back-to-back. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, what is that, 36 snaps? Yeah. You know, so they basically had the ball the majority of the second half. And, of course, they got a field goal and two touchdowns on those drives. When I think that was ultimately their demise because they are such a high-powered, high-flight offense that when the Steelers were actually forcing them to drive, they were just taking up so much time. And I think they just ran out of time. <laughs> if the yeah. game were five minutes longer, I think they would have scored again. It's just the Steelers' off defense was gassed. They had nothing on the pass rush, and they weren't even getting to Fitzpatrick. They were vulnerable on the back end. But just look, look at these numbers here. It, the one number stands out to me in, in the team statistic category, Lance. Third down efficiency, the Pittsburgh Steelers were three for 11. Uh, you hit that. I was looking at that. Three for 11. That's really, really bad. Um, didn't run a fourth down play. Red zone, uh, one for one for the Steelers. And the defense, hey, your boys held them to two for five on the red zone. Yeah, it's about it's about time. I mean, that's and I'm glad you hit that factoid with the uh, third down efficiency, because if you look in the Kansas City game and, and, and that's pretty incredible, because if you look in the Kansas City game, if I'm not mistaken, they were three of 11 in the Kansas City game. So let me let me make sure. Yep. They were three of 11. So they're six of 22 on third down in the last two games. That's not good enough. But the incredible thing is. They're, in those two games, they still probably average what thirty-four points a game, yeah. averaging twenty-seven percent on third down, and that's the thing that's going to have to change for them moving forward with this bend and break defense. Is that they're going to have to sustain drives, and the drives are going to have to be longer. So if you're going to score thirty points, it's going to have to be after eight, nine play drives that get you and, and result in a touchdown. They cannot have a quick striking offense and sustain this defense. They need a slowly matriculated downfield, be really efficient in the red zone, score touchdowns, and use clock. They have to minimize the drives that opposing offenses have, and they're going to have to protect this defense until it gets better. Yeah, I'm looking at the live chat here now as we kind of wind down here. Um a lot of people complaining about the roughing the passer. Uh, it's tough to 
if that's league wide, that wasn't just in this game. Um, one of our readers says that Bostic, he seems to be getting better every week and he's demanding a shout out from you, Lane. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations. Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.